1: I have found my Phaeton wait, equivalent.
0: Wait, wait, wait. Oh, I see. Sorry. I thought you were saying you wanted a Phaeton. No, no I don't no. want a Phaeton. Oh, okay, now I get it. I have it.
1: found okay. my Phaeton equivalent. Okay. So think of everything a Phaeton is. Yes. Scary, expensive to own, yet still kind of interesting and vaguely cool. And And, well... And think of this
0: precipitously dropped to a point where you just yes. got to go. Couldn't I just buy one for the fun of it? Which exactly. is what I think about all of the time. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. This falls. This checks all the boxes. OK, I'm, I'm it ready. Is, it is the 2003 to 2007. OK. Jaguar XJR. Remember the XJ8, the big yeah. sedan? So yeah, yeah, yeah. this is the XJR. Okay. I've been shopping a lot. Oh, no. One of the most expensive ones I have found is like 14 grand. But if you keep scrolling into the high mile cars, you get down to eight grand, and then I found one for fifty three hundred. Wow! An okay, five O five XJR, one hundred and forty seven thousand miles, British Racing Green, fifty three fifty. You know, yikes! You know what?
0: Uh, I hate to say this. You it's know, what, a needs, yikes you know car. what needs to happen here? <laughs> and I don't. I don't really think this is a financially good idea. But I think in every other. Area, it's a great idea. Phaeton versus XJR. I need to get a Phaeton, and you need to get an XJR. We need to see which is the bigger money pit,
1: which breaks
0: first. The problem is we got to spend ten grand for the last. Yeah. Laugh. But I, but just to figure out which one has the most oh, stuff that man. doesn't work, and which one breaks to the point that it becomes a planter in the driveway first.
1: Here's an O three. I'm, I I I look forty four hundred bucks under the five grand the, mark. The Yikes. person that likes
0: to create content in me couldn't want to do this more. <laughs> the person that's worried about the fact that the show has been Ted grad to basically to- create content. Burn. Pieces that don't roll anymore. Yeah. That that frightens me quite a bit. But yeah, okay. I, Maybe we I'm could build a
1: museum did. afterwards and we could charge ticket admissions and That's make not our money happen. back That's to not come gonna. see the no, cars Nobody that
0: wants to see those. Yeah, <laughs> no, I don't know. Nobody wants to see those. Unless they're rolling on camera or it's us scratching our heads because they no longer run. <laughs>
1: the Phaeton needs suspension. Please give.
0: Yeah. Please give lots. <laughs> yeah. I actually had a discussion with a friend actually just tonight who is bemoaning the fact that he's pretty sure his long running truck has died.
2: Okay. And it's worth right. about
0: three grand, and the transmission that it needs is worth six. Eek! That's no and good. I said, uh, "What? How much would the dealer give you for it for scrap?" Because that's the answer. Ooh! Because <laughs> he's got like two hundred and sixty thousand oh. miles. It's not like.
1: It, it's for, time for this for pickup it's, truck. It's time for this pickup truck to go. Okay, that's up there. So that's up there, you know, but you I, know. I said, I said, it's it's time to let that go. Could he make a YouTube video of him launching it off a cliff, and then the revenue from YouTube would actually be more than the car's value to make? A, well, but I pretty, think the
0: I think the, mm. the car's value is so low that pretty much any YouTube video would make it more than the value. But uh. the problem is he just needs to unload it and move on. Yeah. But, anyway, but this is hard. You know, when you have these discussions about, okay, I have this car. It's paid off and it needs blank. That's the, These are all the financial equations you've got to take. And then you have crazy ideas like we do when you know car manufacturers <laughs> are throwing press cars at us. And so we go, we should buy a $5,000 car that has a lot of technology that will probably break. So I'm thrilled you have yeah. yours. I really do like this because I, I think it would be – it? Very interesting
1: and fun. Here's a straight up five grand 7 XJR. Did you know they were that cheap?
0: No. This is amazing. You're so, right. That is your Phaeton. That is perfect. Isn't this perfect? It, it really is.
1: One of my uh, go-to websites is Park Place Ltd. They are a really, really high-end dealership up Their in Bellevue, gorgeous. in Washington. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And so I was naturally cruising around the site today. Of course you were. Yeah. And I came across a Blah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Let's see here. What was it? No, it was no. uh, a, in. A topaz color, like metallic no, nasty no, champagne. No. Metallic nasty, <laughs> like super. <laughs> Check nasty. the
0: box for metallic nasty. The interiors Buy on the car. Ninety nine
1: Jaguar XJ Vandenpla for mm. eleven nine. $11,000. It's got 48,000 miles. Is that the cheapest car it's ever on their website?
0: Because ever. I've never seen anything below like 40 on that
1: website. Yeah, $11,950. You know, if I offered them 10.5, I'd have a Vanden Pla in they couldn't wait to get monumental, rid of it. amazing champagne. That
0: That's a car that they can't get rid of fast enough.
1: No, the interior is perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> ah. You
0: got me looking at Phaetons while we're here. I'm on Auto Tempest literally right now <laughs> looking at Please donate
1: to my suspension. I'm Phaetons looking at them right now. That's
0: uh, see, the, the, here's a here's a difference. the uh, the O four uh, Phaeton V eight is fifty nine hundred dollars with one hundred and fifty thousand miles, and the 06, when Ooh, they actually like
1: work right, the upgrade. Uh, that one is seventeen thousand dollars with okay. ninety thousand miles. Okay, I mean so. I did find a nineteen thousand dollar XJR. I mean, if you want to spend money, only I don't really miles. want to spend money. But if you but really want to throw down, this is an yeah. O five. But yeah, this is
0: terrible. I'm looking at these again. Here I am again, looking at them.
1: So that's the question. Who's? I mean, they're right in the same year too. Because if you got the O six, here's an O six for thirteen nine for fourteen grand. So let's compare the mid two thousands, the the British versus the Germans. Let's let's actually O six pit these cars. They're
0: they're kind of. Uh, Almost turquoise blue. It's actually a very nice color. But the 06, it only has seventy five thousand miles. It's the V eight. It's the right year. Ten grand.
1: I'd even buy a white XJR for the no, right price. No, you
0: wouldn't. Well, I don't want to drive it. But anyway. <laughs> oh, but you know what's here? Here's Power, the problem. Though, I'm baby. looking at this Phaeton, and I can tell you right now that his suspension's
1: gone. Oh. Look at that. It, oh, yeah. Oh, That's the front. Right. Oh. That's not right. Yeah, there's something wrong
2: with that. And
0: and, and comparatively, if you put it on bags, <laughs> then you made it worse. Exactly. So He
1: should at yeah. least, like, jack the front up and put a couple rocks underneath and then, then take the
2: photo. <laughs> at least fake
0: the photo. Come, <laughs> Come on, on, folks. On. That's a rookie mistake. What are you thinking? Should, should we do a podcast How about things that actually relate to reality? Because you and I are off in the weeds <laughs> and having fun that we probably shouldn't we even should. think about. We yeah. should. We
1: should. Well, there's a lot of news up front, but we do have a couple of fun debates. Uh, Connor is writing to us about the great American road trip car, Mm -hmm. but the Paul limiter is 13 grand and he wants to spend 10. So we're going to discuss this Mm -hmm. as well as Nick C in Indiana looking for a $10,000 convertible. He and his wife want the uh, the weekend getaway car and uh, he's tall as well. So a couple of tall guys. And uh, they're looking for fun getaway, road trippy sorts of cars. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very cool. I like it. But before we do, we've got uh, a bit of news here to discuss with various models. The uh, the wide body is being introduced in all of Dodge's products. Actually, <laughs> we're across the board. We've got the Fiat Five Hundred wide body. Everybody, it's it's not big enough in its current form. We should make this wider. <laughs> when you don't know what to do next. Wide body. Let's let's squeeze blood from a turnip. Let's just let's <laughs> extend because you know they don't have to do much tooling change. They can keep building the car, just put yeah. a wider yeah, axle. Yeah. Like maybe it's just wheel spacers and it, you go wider. It
0: might be just deeper dish wheels, it's possible. Could be. Yeah. That's crazy.
1: So then we've we're going wide body. Everybody, FCA is going wide body to all their models because that will extend the models a little bit longer, just get a little bit extra out of them I, before the Honestly, the, would,
0: the would the like model to know if there's anybody at FCA that is actually working on an update a full update of the challenger because that car is old. Now. Yeah it is. Yeah it is. That's I mean, early 2000s. They just keep refining it and if if memory serves it's already working with an old Mercedes chassis. <laughs>
1: You can't just keep adding power and keep milking so at
0: some point at some, point, at some point you've got to go. We should do a new one of this, and because as we know, it's taken the better part of five years to get on that. Is anybody currently working on that? If you if you work at FCA, we won't give your name. <laughs> Ralph, you are don't you have listening? to tell us. Ralph, but if you work at FCA us. and it is at least in process, could you
1: just send us a little email and be like, "Yep." <laughs> just a, just a one-word <laughs> subject line. Nothing in the body of the email, just in the subject line. Yep. <laughs> that would be, nice be perfect. I would really like that. <laughs> yeah, so that was introduced. Uh, it seems to be the talk of Instagram and, you know, wide-body everything. But then there's, you know, some rumors flying around about the Camaro. Is that being phased out? Is it just being delayed? Is it just we, we don't know yet? And it's yeah, hard to make yeah, yeah. any decisions or, or, of course, any speculation. This falls into the category of, Huh, should I wait two years when the new blank comes out? Should I save my money? We don't know. Yeah, anymore. you're right. Until you're absolutely make right. an announcement, yeah. we don't know. At this point, as of this recording, Chevy has still not whipped the sheet off the new Corvette. It's true. So we don't it's know. True. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. In, we, we are finding out more details. It's going to be in California. And... uh you know, we're just excited, but I don't get the idea it's any driving involved with the Corvette. It's just, nope. tear the sheet off. Mm-hmm. And You're right. maybe something star-spangled is going to happen at the Probably. There may
0: be fireworks. There'll probably be a picture of an eagle at some point.
1: The the yeah. second Iron Man movie, mm-hmm. when he starts in the back of the C-130. <laughs> yep. And,
0: and jumps out and, and lands jumps out. among all the girls on stage. And, and it's ACDC an ACD. everything. It's, it's
1: phenomenal. That's what I want for the Corvette. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> you know You're this right. scene. You're
0: that is quite perfect. Yes. That's what I want. Could we figure out a way to actually drop the C eight into that, that room? That'd be amazing. I really do like it. Like the that, only yeah. one that exists. No oh. <laughs> Darn it. I like this. This is good. <laughs> yeah, we are not going to that Corvette reveal. If we if that's the reveal, I really would wish to get, to be there. But telling yeah. it's not gonna
1: be the, the thing. Let's parachute one out the back of something with but, fireworks and but smoke we are jumpers.
0: In, well essentially at that Come point on. what you need to do is just hire Michael Bay and call it an afternoon. There that, that we really go. Is what happened. You know, they big those consultant. big gasoline cans of explosions.
1: Heck, he does the Transformer movies anyway. I mean, that's he's all already he does. Working with Chevy, he's already, already featuring yeah, their products. Right, he needs right. to do the the cool Pepsi commercial version of the reveal for the new Corvette. What would that look like? and, well, the, and the turnaround from Bad Boys, Will Smith and yeah. uh, Martin. There we go. Uh, so the the turnaround where they start the camera low and twist it's, around. No, that's on every single Michael Bay film. That is the see, signature see, move. See Pearl Harbor. See everything. I will.
0: Bre- I will break this down. Here is how this works. You put. The dolly, which, by the way, when you get a dolly and you get union guys, it's going to take a couple hours to do this. You put a dolly in a circle. You create circular track for your dolly. Yeah. You pull out all of the little – if you've never seen this done, they have little wedge uh, spacers to make sure the track is perfectly well. right. You create a circle. You put the dolly on a circle. You put the actor in the middle. You start – all the way jib down. In this case, the the cor the Corvette, the new car. Exactly. You start right. all the way jib. Except it's not very tall. That's a problem. You no. start all the way jib down. Okay? Minor. Minor. And you uh, so the arms all the way low, and you you have to run at least forty eight frames a second, which means at least double time for slow-mo, but okay, you might enough, want to run enough. like 96 or something nuts. How fast can you get filmed through the camera? Granted, we're in a post-film world, but still, you get my point. Got it. Lots of frames are happening. Bring it. Okay? And then you go in a circle. <laughs> this is the Michael Bay recipe. You go in a circle while the actor for for whatever reason, he's fallen over, he's tied his shoe, he reloaded his gun and it was on the ground. I don't know what the reason was, but he goes from a crouched position to a standing triumphant looking up I don't even know what. Swelling off-screen. music? screen. Come on. And you do that slowly and then and and then that's what this is the Michael Bay signature it's been in almost every movie he's done it's the cookbook it's
1: yes. how to bake the Transformers cake or whatever I still how think to make that movie
0: that when he leaves his driveway it's just a bunch of those gasoline which all boom, the way down. down the drive with like a big firework thing and he leaves the drive I really think that's just Monday <laughs> You know, I think that's going it. I don't. I don't know, I don't know how we got this far off track, but we're off into Michael Bay's. Is launching
1: the new C. It is coming. Yeah, and then there is uh, talk about Mitsubishi bringing the Evo back for us. Talk about rumors. I would like that. The Corvette
0: goes like away, that. and the Evo, and the Evo comes back. Very yeah, Camaro. Interesting. Yes. Sorry. Yes. Camaro. Yes. But sorry.
1: Uh, yeah, I, all these fun cars. I mean we'll see we'll see I,
0: I, I would love that you look but the discussion there is because you know Renault now, now owns all that it would be essentially yeah. using tech from the current Renault Megane. now we like the Renault Megane in all forms the RS versions of that it's a great front wheel drive car we really enjoy it it'd be a great platform to work with it'd obviously be tech sharing you can see mm-hmm. the breadcrumbs here that make this go oh I see how that could make sense there's even discussion of it having a 48 volt now that we had that on the new Mercedes GLS yeah, right. drove, 48- there's gonna be more of that hybridization system so that would allow for an extra hybrid boost before you get on actual boost. I mean, the recipe here sounds A, viable and B fantastic, mm-hmm. but they've got to make it. It's got to become real. This is this is just as much a rumor as the Camaro's death. You can see the breadcrumbs that would lead to the Camaro dying too. They've done it before, you know, in the yeah. in the nineties they killed yeah. it and brought it back in the two thousands, and that's why we still have a transformer looking car. So there's that. Hmm wonder if
1: Michael's involved in the design They're going to kill too. it. They're going to
0: find a new filmmaker, not Michael Bay, that's going to
1: make a new whatever, and it's going to... I don't know. Huh. All, yeah, exactly. This is all very intriguing. I hope it all happens. It's yeah, not going it'd be to. great. It'd be great. All right, we're jumping to the debate with Connor, who writes to us. He's 27. His other two cars, well, vehicles are totally paid off. First of all, a Honda Element, okay, and a Kawasaki KLR650. Element is the utility vehicle. The KLR is the city commuter but he has now convinced himself he needs a road trip car. So he writes to us saying, what is the great American road trip car? Even though later in the email he's saying for weekend getaways and weekend road trips, I envision this grand, you know, huge <laughs> You thought he was driving across yeah, You know, the you Grand did, yeah. Canyon is a stop, and then you head north and mm-hmm. through Vegas. and You're
0: going to see Mount you know. Rushmore just because you can't believe somebody carved faces in a rock exactly. in the middle of
1: South Dakota. Yeah, all of this. There we yes. go. And then Pacific Northwest, and it's this mm-hmm. giant loop, maybe. But I do get, yeah, you're just wanting the getaway, the weekend mm-hmm. road trip mm-hmm. warrior. Now, he loves Japanese reliability, but he's not married to it. He yeah. loves coops, and yeah. he's got two dogs and a girlfriend, hello, who will be riding along. So a 2 plus 2 coupe would be ideal. Mm-hmm. He's also 6'4", and he says, you know, the headroom would be good. Okay. So again, like I said at the top of the show, budget is ten grand with a Paul limiter of $13,000. So I started, I went in this circuitous route, and then I did come across the car. I think you should did you? get Okay, good. It's not exactly <clears throat> good good on gas. Really? <laughs> okay. But you know, road trip cars don't necessarily have to do that. Commuter cars do. But True. Road trip cars do True. not have I to, with that. I to with do that. Agree that. Agree with that. Yeah. So I started in this very strange arena of the nineteen ninety-nine to two thousand three Acura CL type S, the coupe.
0: Interesting. Now this okay. is a second
1: generation, and these are cars that run two hundred, two hundred and fifty thousand miles with very few issues. Yeah. Change the timing belt, change the oil. You should be good. It's it's a it's a Honda. It'll be okay. Now, for one year they were even available with manual transmissions. Ooh, there you go. And I found one an O three type S with hundred and thirteen thousand miles for seven grand. Hmm. They're out there. They're low priced. And here's the deal it's not a Amazing sports car, track car, whatever. But think about road tripping, big, comfortable seats. It's got a lot of space. It's a coupe. It's got space for the dogs in the back. Great air conditioner, great stereo. You're just going to cruise in Mm -hmm. this thing, right? Mm -hmm. And for seven grand, and there's a lot of them for less than that. We're talking six grand, five grand. Kind of interesting, to be honest. And it's a big car, so it'll ride nice. Big trunk. Think about this. Nice place to be. I see where
0: you are. I see where you are.
1: But I I left that there I left it okay, behind okay. and I went looking at Maserati Gran Turismo's <laughs> inexplicably. Of course you did because because that's exactly I what just, Connor needs. Well, the problem is I looked at Park Place Ltd. I found the Vandenpla. You, you just you just fall into 11, that website regularly, yeah. And I went, wait, if Jags are now this, what are Maseratis? What's the cheapest Maserati Gran Turismo Coupe? They're still 35 grand. You couldn't pay me $35,000 to go own that car. And that
0: that would be one of the heroes of that trend on YouTube right now <laughs> where you buy the worst oh, version yeah. of whatever and you try yeah. to make it run. that That's a horror show. It really is.
1: But this, you know, Topaz with ivory interior, it's pristine. It's brand new. No, no. Ivory is code for white. White interior is just the worst idea ever. That's just terrible. Just say the name. I did find an 07XK8, so the coupe, with 25,000 miles for 14.8. All these... (laughs) You know, you're not helping Cotter
0: car. at all. Luxury Cotter's cars. we're we're off of the weeds.
1: <laughs> Cotter isn't he getting any help from this at all? Short story for you: We have a friend named Dixon who runs, uh, well, helps run the track out here, the Utah yeah, Motorsports yeah. Campus, and. He, you know, the track's a bit of a ways out there, and he paid what two grand for his Cadillac. It may have been three grand at most. Okay, he
0: literally bought an old, early two thousands <laughs> Cadillac from. It's it's Pristine. the classic. It's the classic cliche story. He literally bought it from a grandmother who drove it to church and the grocery store. Yeah, and he drove it, and he, it was his commute car for like a sixty mile commute because he would just get in the fast lane. He was like, I never get pulled over. The cops don't even notice me. Exactly. People exactly. are flying by me getting pulled over. It doesn't even matter. He said I'm comfortable. It it's, you know, completely isolated from the world. He can get off his work day and just relax. Is it it's does it have a North Star in it? I don't remember.
1: I think it might have. I think it might have I been think that it might. But yeah. for 2 or 3 grand? Yeah. He had it for a
0: few years, and it was just, he said it was his perfect boat. So funny. And also, it's that whole, the the full non-precious thing that we talk about. True, He didn't care what happened to that car. Blows up. He was just like, because his commute was entirely freeway. He would just get on the freeway, and it's west of Salt Lake where there's no traffic anyway. So he would just get on the freeway, put on the cruise control, and arrive at work.
1: (laughs) The best. Yeah. The best. So it made me think of that, and I'm not saying go get a North Star Cadillac. But they are cheap. But you could, Yeah, that is true. Yeah. What I arrived at, and the car I think you should get, is the fifth generation Pontiac GTO. It is the Old Monaro. I like it. Yeah, that's good. It's really good. 85,000 miles for nine grand. The one I found you as actually a serviceman in the Navy is getting rid of it. There's a few things that don't work, but the point is,
2: mm-hmm. all these GTOs
1: are seven to 10 grand for decent ones. Even if it has high miles, it's a Chevy. It's yeah. just, it's going to run. Now, like I said before... Not the greatest gas mileage ever. It'll do fine if you're just cruising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the other hand, you've got a car you can do burnouts. You could autocross it. It's mm-hmm. kind of fun. It's decently sporty, and even though most of them are automatics, you can find a manual. But you know, hey, still get the automatic. They're gonna run. I found a lot of high mileage ones. Mm, interesting. That, they just yeah. they just run. Yeah. it's just gonna. It's go. all Chevy parts in there yeah. for sure. Yeah. So GTO for Good. your for your American road trip car. Not like only it. is the car. Well, it's kind of American, even though it is a Holden, <laughs> built in Australia. But you know what I mean? Kind of American, it, yeah. It's still, there, there's things, there. there's pieces yes. there. Okay, uh, work yes, with me right. here. There's, there's pieces. I'm trying. I'm trying to be with you, yeah. So, yeah, that's that's what I think you should get. That's good. That's good. I have three
0: for you. We're talking two plus twos that are inexpensive, that are going to be decent to drive. What I find interesting here is we are trying to find the middle ground between a bike and the oh, Honda that's Element. that's
1: true, that's true. Yikes!
0: Okay, so I instantly go to stuff that I think. Okay, what can we really get? There? And then I realize, well, no no, road trip, road trip. Yeah, let's yeah, not totally. lean too much toward the bike. We got a
1: road trip this thing. We exactly. got to be in it for a while. Think you know South Dakota. Think Texas. So yes. Yeah. Oh man, cruise control, air conditioner. Your favorite there's, podcast. There's not enough luxury to get you through West Texas. I've done it multiple times. Okay. That Cadillac, the DeVille with the North Star, Fort, would be Fort good.
0: Stockton to El Paso Ooh. is just death. Ooh. It's just the, the number, here, I will tell you, the number one thing you need is an air conditioner and it needs to work really, really well. Heck yeah. Ideally, cruise control and just cling to your sanity. Cling to it. It's you and the tumbleweeds. Anyway. Wow. Uh, the Infinity G37. Okay, good. Great 2 plus 2. Good. That engine's been around forever.
1: Are they 13 grand or less? Oh, you can
0: find them. Absolutely you can. That's good news. Yeah, they've dropped. And so is the Genesis Coupe. Well, Hyundai that's Genesis true. Coupe. That's Another true. 2 plus 2. Good room. Great road trip car. They run. They look great. I really like the Genesis Coupe. Both of those I like, but I think my favorite might be the last one of my three. I love your GTO, by the way. Okay. It kind of on the fringe. of was kind of going, are you going to think of it? I'm glad you did. Okay. You know what you can actually get for this? I've got one in front of me right now. For 10,500. Mm. Okay. A 2008 Audi A5. Oh. For 10,5. The You're mileage. Me. Is, no, it's amazing. The mileage is, uh, I've got it right here, 78,000 miles.
1: Okay. Fine, yeah. fine. Now,
0: you can find them, I mean, this same idea, this same vintage, well over 100,000 miles. But my point is, here's one that isn't at 100,000 miles. It's a California car. The A5 is a fantastic road trip car. Mm. Now, the S, look, you could want more power and all that kind of thing, but I, I will say the first time I drove the A5, that whole platform, was at one of those old Motor Press Guild track days, probably around 2008. And I drove an A5, not an S5, and I remember thinking, this is the first Audi I've liked in base form.
2: Mm, sure, yes the S5's sure. got
0: more yes it's got more bells and whistles you can go RS5 yes it gets better and better and better I get it yeah. but for what it is it was surprisingly good on the track they get good gas mileage they're a nice place to be they have timeless looks
1: you
2: yeah, really with your 13
0: yeah. grand could go find yourself an Audi A5
2: Huh.
1: so I think for road tripping that's a pretty nice place to be initially they had the 3.2 V6 and then everything went to the 2.0 the turboed 4 but it, it, depending well, on the was, price you could find either yes, yes this one actually is the V6 is it yeah so it's still a great depends,
0: engine depends, yeah. it still works great so so I think I think that's a surprising one that is possible in your budget the other two are more sports cars the the mm-hmm. Infiniti is more sports mm-hmm. car even than the A5 and the Genesis definitely is as well but you're in and out of E5. If you're doing some like road, you're sawing through miles. It's a nice place to be.
1: Yeah, Connor Vanden Pla.
0: candy apple, <laughs> no. fish scale, metallic, champagne, no. topaz. It's it's awesome. that colors.
1: Every time you describe it, the color gets worse. Somehow you you're your making it worse. Car like what? Yeah, it's what all did bad. Did she hand it down? It's all to you? Bad. Like, I don't know. All right, thank you very much for your debate, and uh, we're gonna take a quick break. We're coming back.
0: We've all got a to-do list. Drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk. I've got an idea. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on your car insurance to that list. And the good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything.
1: All you have to do is go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, yes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Having extra money in your pocket might be the most rewarding thing you do today. Summer is finally here, and with that comes sunshine and blistering hot car interiors. You know, the leather seats that you thought were a great idea until you scald your legs.
0: Luckily, all you need is a custom sunscreen from our friends at Covercraft. They're awesome. They're amazing. These foldable sunscreens fit perfectly in the windshield of your car and keep your car cooler when you're off enjoying the sunshine.
1: These custom sunscreens come in a variety of colors, and they're an affordable and simple way to keep your car cooler in the summer and protected from damaging UV rays all year long. We
0: swear by our custom sunscreens. I I love it. It's one of our very favorite car accessories. Remember, you can get 10% off your car sunscreen by using the code every day right now at Covercraft.com. Or you can follow the link from our sponsors page.
1: We're often asked how we find the cars that we recommend to all of you listening. Whether it's local or nationwide, our searches start with Auto Tempest. Instead of searching each car shopping site separately... You can enter all your parameters for the car you're looking for into AutoTempest one time, and then you can search for them all at once. See results from Cars.com, CarsDirect, eBay,
0: and more. Or you can jump to AutoTrader or Car Gurus without entering anything new. Same parameters, new site. You can even search all of Craigslist. Think about how hard it is to search Craigslist nationwide, one at a time. AutoTempest.com has got you covered there all
1: at once. Tempest can help you find your next new or used car, whether there's a dozen in your neighborhood or two in the country. Plus, the people at Tempest listen to this podcast, and they're always refining the site for more features. They've got research tools, buyer and seller guides, and they're listening to what their users need.
0: So if you're doing your own drive homework, you're chasing your dream car, or just looking to feed the disease, as we are all the time, AutoTempest.com is your place to start. We're back with Nick, who
1: wants a $10,000 convertible. But we're road tri-
0: road tripping again, so that's the good uh, link
1: here. Yeah, yeah. There's also uh, Nick M., who has written to us as well. Nick, he's looking for a fun convertible in New England for his mom and dad. This is Nick C. in Indiana, who wants a $10,000 convertible. <laughs> so Nick M., just, hopefully this just, helps as
0: well. Yeah, just clarifying. There are many Nicks out there. Yes, Mi- yes. There's many of you in general. I, I-, I want to make the public service announcement again. Thank you, guys, for all yeah. of the car debates that you yeah. send. It's great. There's tons of them. There's tons of them. It is a near overwhelming amount. We've asked for it. We are thankful for it. It is fun at this point to just see kind of new and different conversations we can have. We love that you're sending them in. Also, thank you for rating and reviewing the podcast. That is huge. That helps the podcast stay on the top 10, which we greatly appreciate. It helps people find the podcast. I, I say it often because it's true. We get an email almost once a week. Which is, I just found your podcast.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: And that's happening because you guys are rating and reviewing it, and that's keeping it high enough that when people go looking for a podcast about cars, they find this one. If you've just joined us, thank you. If you've been with us since the beginning, wow, that's a lot of listening. <laughs> thank you. And I hope both of you have rated. It'd be great.
1: You know, I will also say if you have written to us and we're not able to get to your debate, and then you go buy a car, please let us know as well because mm-hmm. we can feature that. It doesn't, to feature your car on Here's What You Bought podcasts, It doesn't have to be necessarily we featured, you know, we made suggestions because you might have said, hey, something triggered me about, you know, what you Mm -hmm. guys said. And it made me think of that. And then I bought the car that Mm -hmm. I love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then what's so great about all these emails is that at some point, everyone is going to buy another car. True. Eventually. Yeah, yeah. You're right, so you're it's right, sort yeah. of like a perpetual motion machine, which I love. <laughs> <laughs> Until we're all told we can't drive cars anymore exactly. because they're evil, we will keep doing it. Yes. <laughs> all right. So Nick writes to us. He's been watching the YouTube channel and the podcast. Uh, well, he's not watching the podcast, but he's listening to. So thank you so much, Nick. Uh, his wife, Dog, and he currently live in Indiana while she pursues a PhD. And he works as a mechanical engineer doing AR and VR. So Very yeah, cool. it's been, uh, cool. that is definitely in my. Uh, my bag of tricks, my past there that's which been your is history for sure, yeah. Pretty fun. History, it's it's fun to see the proliferation, the continued of, of you know proliferation of VR in the automotive industry. Very yeah. interesting yeah, to yeah, me. Yeah, crazy. So he works in that arena, and he currently has a 2012 Mark Six Volkswagen GTI, 115,000 miles, and that's the daily. Mm-hmm. He's got a 60-mile round trip to work. And then they've also got an 06 Hyundai Elantra with 175,000 miles. Those are some high-mile cars.
2: Yeah, no kidding.
1: His wife's car from her parents. Now, she walks to the local university and barely uses the car. And the Elantra is doing well, but the GTI has had a few reliability issues, which has left them stranded on their drive home. Mm
2: -hmm,
1: mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, there's a fuel injector that's failed, other things that have gone on. And so since they do this drive a few times a year... They love to drive different vacation spots, so they're, they're saying it's great to have the GTI, but, yeah, not sure. Should yeah. it go? Well,
0: and, and the other sad part of this story is the fact that Nick had a BRZ mm-hmm. that he yeah. loved, yeah. and he sold it to get the GTI to be a little more normal car for the, for he and his wife and the dog and to kind of be the grown-up car. And now he's going, should
1: I have done that?
0: Because mm-hmm. this GTI, it's, it's done everything very well, when it hasn't given them problems and it hasn't given them constant problems, but compared to the Elantra with more miles that just kind of refuses to die, the GTI is kind of raising its hand a few too many times for needs. <laughs> so that is the question. Needy. So the hope is okay. The the GTI is paid off. They they would theoretically sell that and wind up with roughly about a ten thousand dollar budget. Yeah. So we don't have a lot to work with. Can we get a more fun convertible? He again, he's still missing that eighty six platform in the BRZ. What could we do here?
1: Yeah, uh, his wife's requirement is that the next car, this this fun car, be a convertible. He wants the rear wheel drive. Wants the manual. Budget is ten grand. Since the GTI is paid off, and what he says next is that uh, they both like the styling of the three series, the E forty six generation three mm-hmm. series BMW mm-hmm. and prior. Now he says one of his dreams has always been the E forty six M three, but he's a little bit leery of the maintenance. But on the other hand, why not? Go for it. Yeah, I mean, you could take that risk. The
0: The convertible M3s are much cheaper than the coupe M3s. They're also not nearly as stiff, which is why they're much cheaper. That's true. You do still have some of the same subframe issues and some of the same maintenance issues. But those are down far enough that your budget of ten grand, you could probably at least look around and maybe find one. I'm just kind of worried about the $10,000 M3.
1: I think that's... There's maintenance coming. You're worried about the GTI maintenance. There's maintenance coming on that car. <laughs> just going to happen. Now, they like the Miata and the Boxster, but realize that they want four seats to be able to not only bring the pup, which is a 30-pound Brittany Spaniel, but since this is the weekend getaway car, they might want to be able to bring people, too. So errands, getaways, dogs, stuff. Okay, I can see that. So it's not just... You know, Miata is the answer here. It's not necessarily. It well, he
0: also says that he's tall enough that he feels like the Miata and the Boxster are, are a little tight for him. So there's mm-hmm. that concern as well. I do like here that the main, the main requirement for more than two seats is actually the dog. I mean, maybe they take people, but it's really a 30-pound dog. Dog's a family member. I kind of, of course it is. I kind of feel like that we can work with that. We can work with the fact because it's not like you said 100-pound dog. This isn't (laughs) a
1: person-sized animal, so that that makes it a little more viable. True, true. All right, so Nick, I jumped in here starting out with, I I hear your requirements. I know you want rear-wheel drive. However, these cars are now just flat-out cheap. Okay. That is the 2013 Abarth 500 convertible. Okay. Now... It'll fit you well because you said you've got the longer torso. You're six foot one, longer torso. So he needs the the headroom. Mm -hmm. And keep Mm -hmm. in mind that Fiat 500, the general design, the H point is higher. Yes. And it's got a lot of the headroom. Okay. So it'll fit you well. It's not rear wheel drive. But what's cool about this is it's got this snorty engine. They're Mm -hmm. inexpensive. Mm -hmm. I think they're just going to run. And the convertible actually has a two position. So you can put it back kind of like a giant sunroof. Or then you can go all the way back, all the way down to the tail there. So it's kind of a two position and you still get the structural rigidity of cars that, you know, are not convertibles because that that long, going. the A pillar just sweeps up over the top yeah. and it just follows the roof line. And so that that structural part is still there. So mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. not readily apparent, actually, that it's convertible. It's kind of like just a sliding giant top, really, not necessarily a full folding top. So it's kind of an interesting Interesting choice here. It's like I said, not rear-wheel drive, but it is tiny. It's got a tiny back seat, but mm-hmm. the pup's only thirty pounds, so agreed, could work. Well, thirty pounds is almost
0: it can almost hang out in the lap, almost. Almost depends yeah, depends yeah, on yeah. on how tolerant you are and how calm the dog is. If your dogs, I have I have two dogs now. One of them, my son's dog, the really young one, gets in a car and just goes, "Oh, oh, we're doing this now." Oh, okay, and then lays down and is quiet. Oh, and really? Sits there. Lays there until you get to the destination. My other dog, who's thirteen, her entire life she whines, yelps, speaks the entire drive until the drive is warbles, over. and it, that's a great word for it. And if because of scent memory, if you start to drive somewhere she knows and likes, it gets worse. Oh yeah. So oh, yeah. so to have a dog now that just gets in the car and is like, all right, and is quiet. I'm like, is is he okay? <laughs> so who <laughs> poke, knows what poke. kind of
1: dog you have? But yeah. All right, so this E46 thing intrigued me, and I hear you about the M3, but I do want you to know that the Mm 06-325CI, it's the same thing. It's just not the high-strung M3. Yes, yes. 68,000 miles for $8,400. Those are
0: cheap. They're really cheap. If you don't go M3, you've got tons of options for that body style.
1: I even found an 05-330CI. With forty-seven thousand miles, it's a manual for twelve nine. Now hmm. I know that's a little bit over your budget, but it has the ZHP package. Oh wow! It's the thirty-nine hundred dollar upgrade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's excellent. That's it's excellent. got the Motorsports body kit, Xenon headlights, Shadowline trim. It's it's like the almost M three. I like but it. But it's not quite the ooh high strung you know like Motorsports it. engine. Theoretically, it
0: may be cheaper to run. I take I maybe take your point. so. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It's a SoCal car, forty-seven thousand miles. That's great. On an know. That's, re- that's really
0: good. That's excellent. Yeah. And it's
1: manual rear wheel drive four passengers. Okay. It is right. silver with the silver interior and everything's silver and gray. If you need it, it'll but still, be silver. Yeah. I'm just saying they're out there mm-hmm. and you could go mm-hmm. pursue it's not quite the M three, but here's a three thirty CI. That's still got a lot of power. Yeah. I think that could be interesting for you. I like it. And I it's like four it. place, four passenger here. Okay, cool. I like that.
0: I actually had had wondered about that generation of convertible BMW as well so I'm glad you kind of unpacked they are good looking and they look honestly they look pretty close to the M3 anyway in convertible form and so I think they're just good in general I do like that glad you brought it up you could maybe find the E93 the next gen now, you said you're not as big a fan of that, but look I mean, into that go to hard top top at that it's point. a hard top convertible. That's why I bring it up because yeah. hard top convertible you might find more usable overall. So I'm just mentioning oh, that. Oh, just yeah. look at it. I have to go to two what I feel like are obvious choices because they've been around long enough we can get them in your budget, Camaro and Mustang. They are. You could absolutely do that. You can you can get one that's not the hottest version out there and it's convertible. And convertibles just don't hang on to their, their price as much. So you could get one of those. The One of the reasons that the Camaro doesn't get recommended as much on this show is because it has bad visibility. When you take the top down, the visibility, the visibility is great. All your visibility issues go away because you have no top at all. I'm just saying you, you do can have that see issue over your shoulder. And I, I typically like the chassis of the of the Camaro more than the Mustang, as far as just a driver's car. So I think Camaro and Mustang are both viable options. You should drive those and see. But then I'm going to go a little wild card here because I think it might be the place to be. Okay, okay. It's not going to seem obvious, but with your budget of 10 grand, you can go shop the fourth and fifth gen Corvette. Hmm. Don't Hmm. get a convertible. Get the target top.
1: I like that a lot better. So you
0: get the target top. It's the single panel that lifts out. Get the target top. These have a surprising Hmm. amount of back hatch space, much more than you think they do. Yeah, very true. So the two of you going on a long road trip or a weekend fun trip, yes, just go do that. Huh. So there's that option. Now, what happens with the dog? The dog is now in the footwell or, or sitting on your wife's lap or whatever. I agree. There's not really a great backseat for the dog. There isn't. There's no backseat at all. Sure. But sure. I think you'd be surprised by how much of a great road trip and fun car you get by a C4 or C5 Corvette with the Targa. I think it does all the convertible stuff. It does all the sports car stuff, and it's in your budget.
1: I like that. And you've got a full-fledged Corvette. That is a full-fledged yeah, sports car. For sure. For sure. Huh. Love it. Love it. All right. Well, uh, Nick, hope that helps. Nick M in New Hampshire. Hope that is interesting because there's some ideas for your folks there as well. Hopefully, uh, you know, two birds with one stone a little bit. Hopefully, like I said, that uh, gives you some ideas. We've got to jump to questions because there are so many. And again, I'll add my thanks for your great social media questions. Yeah, You guys are awesome with those. I I know I'm asking twice a week. I'm putting it out there constantly, but you're coming back with more Mm -hmm, questions. mm -hmm. If we haven't got to it, please keep asking. Yeah, we do like to see just, you know, a, a full queue of, Fun, interesting questions. Not silly, you know, kind of over the top, but we, Those happen. we're silly anyway. Those happen anyway, so, yeah. yeah. All right, so jumping in here. Justin Brewer writes to us on Facebook, can we give a shout-out to the Nissan IDX Nismo? said, Nissan showed it off a few years ago as a concept car. Yes, mm-hmm. they did. It's there, It's on their official Nissan USA website. It's, it's under the Concept Future tab with a, a lot more cool cars that we wish Nissan would build because of the rest of their lineup – not a, not compelling right now. Yeah. I, I'm yeah, ready yeah. for Nissan to bring yeah, for sure. for something. Sure. Drop something on us. Bring, it doesn't have to be at a car show, Nissan. Just make some sort of huge, amazing... We've got the next... It's the 400Z or it's the yes. whatever. Yes. Anything. Mm-hmm. Bring the next electrified whatever. It's been way too long for their entire model lineup. Yeah, nothing in well there their is very entire compelling. enthusiast model lineup. Well, Everything else is getting revised. Still, have yeah. you
0: seen the version of the Rogue we're on? Because of the Rogue, are we over the Star Wars <laughs> anyway, version of the Rogue yet? For the moment, but let's wait until the next Star Wars movie. Yeah,
1: yeah, no kidding. All right, so yes, this does need to be Nissan's next car. I do agree because it's sort of like Nissan builds a BMW 2 Series. Yeah. And yeah, it yeah. does evoke a lot of the dots and lines and the dots and bluebird big yep. kind of yep. you know lines. By the way, Justin, that particular car sits in the lobby of their design studio in San Diego. At hmm. least it used to when hmm. I was there a few times. And because it's a concept car, you you use all kinds of different parts to make something look like it's future. Yeah. So the yeah, exterior, yeah. the round rearview mirrors are actually Four and a half inch speakers or three and a half inch round speakers, like door speakers. Oh, interesting. And then they've got a cool, you know, perforated metal over the top of it. So it looks like this cool rear view. Oh, it's just a speaker. Huh. huh. Weird, but interesting. it's a concept car. Yeah, of course. They could have their own spec series. They could bring back. There you go. You know, Nissan drifting. That would be kind of the, uh, yeah, yeah yeah gosh, the, the platform the, for the SX sure. kind yeah, of yeah. feel. Bring that back. It could hmm. be a race series. It's an enthusiast car. You could have a version that is a hybrid. It could be fully electric and just a fun sports car. That is the car. Justin, I agree. Nissan, are you listening?
0: (laughs) Probably not. But I like it anyway. It's very good. Here's here's an interesting one. Uh, Devin the Awesome on Instagram says, Can you validate my want to sell my perfectly practical two-year-old truck for a 14-year-old Corvette C6 to, quote, save money? Let's un- <laughs> let's unpack this a couple of ways. Please first justify off, this for me. First off, do this. Perfectly practical truck? I don't think, unless you are in construction and you are filling that bed all the time, I do not put an equal sign between truck and practical. Hmm. Hmm. They don't ride as well as many other things because the the shocks in the back are set up for you to carry a big load. Okay, they don't ride as well. They typically don't get as good a gas mileage. They are bigger. They consume and they aren't as fun to drive. Now, please don't get me wrong. They have a specific usability, Mm -hmm, but unless mm -hmm. you are using it for that all the time, I do not think a pickup is practical. So there's that. So I and, and to go another way, if you said you were driving a mid-mundane, normal sedan. If you Mm -hmm, said you were mm -hmm. driving a very middle-of-the-road, small five-seat CUV, I could see you go, yeah, I'm on a practical thing and I want to go to a sports car. I think your pickup is as far one direction from practical as the Corvette is the other.
1: Okay. I think you're just picking the other bookend.
0: And if you can actually get in a C6 Corvette for less money than your pickup and it will do everything you need it to do, I think you actually have made the more practical choice. I bet you it'll be, it'll be more fun to drive, it'll probably burn less gas,
1: and it'll probably carry everything you need it to carry. So I'm kind of done. Hmm. I love it. All right. Uh, question from Seth Lowry here. He's beseeching us. He owns a 2014 BRZ. He's had it since new. It's paid off. And he's getting the itch for something different. Now, he loves JDM cars and found a 1995 Mitsubishi GTO. So, in Japan, it was the GTO. In America, it was the 3000 GT. And then you could get the VR4 platform with the four wheel steering, the all wheel drive, Mm. and the gurney flap that flaps and all the stuff. Now, to be able to afford to do so, he would have to sell the BRZ. (laughs) Should he follow his heart? His head says just keep the BRZ, turbo it, enjoy what he's got. Or should he go from that, a <clears throat> modern, reliable car, to a 25-year-old Mitsubishi? I Wow. Uh, y- your heart wants what your heart wants, right? Have you driven one of these cars is my first question. If yeah. you have yeah. and you still know that you want it, is the only reason you're going after the JDM because it's right-hand drive and you want to import it? Because otherwise, the 3000 VR 4 still exists. Agreed. Just to go buy one of Agreed. those. Agreed, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. You know, and then you know, promptly pour money into the the lifters that you have to (laughs) redo and the the everything that the hydraulics that actually they might leak so the four wheel steering doesn't work and then you have to you know redo the electrical actuator that puts this the (laughs) flap up in the back at speed and you know you have to chase the little things around the car. But otherwise, yeah, that was like Mitsubishi's heyday. They had the Gallant VR four, the three thousand GT, then they came out they were still proliferating the Evo Hello, Mitsubishi. What, yeah. what happened? Well, but it's it's such a tech-heavy car that the what's well, a heavy car too. Well, that is that you're right.
0: It's such a tech-heavy car that the problem is you're talking about lots of tech that can break from a quarter century ago.
1: <laughs> Let,
0: well, let's be honest. Like let's be honest. Okay, it's Olympic this, type sprinting away <laughs> from that car.
1: <laughs> wow, world
0: record. <laughs> anyway, wow. The, the the thinking here is how much do you want a project? Honestly, Mm -hmm. do you want something that isn't reliable? I'm not saying it might not be reliable, but I think this is a headspace. This is our our Phaeton and and Jaguar discussion. (laughs) Are you willing to go into something expecting there'll be stuff to do? Because if this just needs to be your car, that's my concern. If this can be the car that is, can you believe I have this? It doesn't run this week, but that's okay. Then maybe. If this is your car, I'm concerned for you. And I come back to where you were, Paul, which is why not just get the U.S. version?
1: I yeah, unless you just want the right-hand drive because of the uniqueness and, and I, but weirdness. I, but I think the right-hand okay. drive is
0: another one of those things where it's very cool, but probably not for your daily.
1: I need you to have driven one of these, Seth, before you make yeah, the decision yeah, yeah. to pull the trigger. You need to have a driven a right-hand car and lived with it in the U.S. for a while, if that's where you are. If you're in the U.S. or a you know the, <laughs> you know the configuration where you're driving opposite of what traffic is doing is my point. And may I make a suggestion? What about the first-generation Acura NSX? If we're going interesting. 90s If you're going to go hotness, classic
0: 90s JDM, you're right. That's interesting. I, I that's know really they're
1: probably more expensive than Mitsubishi, sure are, but yeah. hang on to that BRZ unless you know. Like I, like I said, unless you know that's what you want, mm-hmm. it is unique. I agree. But NSXs, they're they're cool. They, they're great. They run. <laughs> Honda. I hear you.
0: Okay, I like that. That's really good. There are so many good ones here. Yeah, there are. Uh, Here's Track Daily Crush. You see the track, (laughs) the Chad Merrick? Okay, it's a track edition. Track Daily Crush, Laguna Seca, (laughs) The Ring, and Spa. I have an answer. I I do as well, yeah. Track Daily Crush. I'm crushing Laguna Seca. Okay, good. I I love that track. It's very cool. But you know the reason it gets crushed is because it's the shortest of the group.
1: Oh, good reason. Okay. It's the shortest sure. of the group. Good reason.
0: And the, the sound restrictions means you have weird, you know, spaghetti tailpipes. There's that as well. The daily is the ring, because the ring is one of those things that is practically a canyon road. I want to daily that all the time. Totally. And then treat the treat
1: spa like a track. I'm I'm a hundred percent with you. Good. That's amazing. Awesome. Interesting story that we were just told by a friend of ours who invited us out to uh the Thunderhill track and we drove Spec Racer Fords just last week. So he was telling me about somebody, I cannot corroborate this, but it's a great story. Because of the noise restriction Mm -hmm. for his race car, he came up with, I think it was a Raspberry Pi or just some circuitry that was GPS enabled connected to a solenoid in the exhaust. I
0: heard about this, yeah. And
1: it would know where the car is on track because of GPS and it would shut the exhaust off. And it would drive by the sound meter. And then at the top of the hill, it opens open back up. up. And yeah. he doesn't have to do a thing. He just knows it's it going to happen. It muffles the exhaust it's all, automatically. It's all based on GPS where the car is on track. And he just, he rigged it up, just his own car. And I think, man, if you sold that device. That's fantastic. Because that yeah. could work for other tracks, too. Thunder yeah, Hill right. actually has noise restrictions. I can't imagine why because it's, yeah, if you it's know, there's the nothing Hill, out there.
0: You pretty much could just send up a, a, a weather balloon and never
1: see anything. I don't get it. Yeah, but exactly. there's other tracks on the planet that have these noise restrictions. He could sell that as a That's little, funny. I like that. Thing. He could That's make really money. It's a great idea. Scott Berger says, is it worth
0: owning a car if you're too precious with it and to take it to 98% of places 98% of the time? Scott, I feel like you're answering your own question. If you have a car and you Mm -hmm. are kind of thinking of all – we were talking about this last podcast. All the reasons to not drive it instead of reasons to drive it, I do think it's too precious. Does it mean you should get rid of it? That's much more of a personal thing. But I come back to the thing we always say, which is cars should be driven. Mm -hmm. And if you're just having that thing and and you're treating – this is going to sound weird – you're treating it more like art than something that moves – I think that's not the reason it exists. The great thing about cars is they are art
1: that moves. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of precious, Zachary Levine asks: worst food to eat in the car? Food. <laughs> that's the worst that's, food. That's is the, food. the Paul answer. That is the Paul answer no. right there. Just food. Yeah. Now I caveat on road trips. Absolutely, in other people's cars, sure. I'm stuffing my face with Cheetos and spaghetti and Oreos and. Chocolate cake. We've talked <laughs> about this. It's things like Cheetos and Kit Kats, things that crumble or, Crumbly, leave,
0: or leave a, a yeah. film, and that, then that's all bad.
1: You know, you're looking around, and you, nobody asks for a napkin. You just wipe it on the convenient surface. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly, if you have something like yeah, Cheetos, it's just like, what do I do with this? That's yeah. just for the Cayman, but for the Expedition, I admit. But the problem is, it's always me that does the vacuum. I'm, uh, know, I'm always the idiot cleaning the everything don't like up. It. Yeah. That's why I don't like it. All right. So, Ed the Sled asks, if I would make any aftermarket modifications to the Cayman, or would I always keep it stock? It might be a different set of wheels for track use, And ultimately, it'd probably be a Cobb tune, to be honest, and Mm -hmm. pull more out of that engine because I know it can. The exhaust, I wouldn't touch. It's brilliant. It is gorgeous. I would not touch it. But otherwise, you know, putting money towards other things right now. So, you know.
0: Two questions from Nathan Garfield on Facebook. He said, what's the lexified BRZ? Mm. Which I think could be a few things. But the question that I'm really intrigued by is, what do we mean when we say a car looks like a shooting brake? By the oh, way, yeah. that's break, as in b r a k e. Yes, yes. Shooting break is is designed from something literally where, or or is it? It's shooting break, b r a k e. B r a k e. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Because it's it's related to the original idea of it was we were out shooting, yeah. and we're taking a break, even though it's well, not yes. spelled that way. And now it's it does this whole other thing.
1: You're literally laying your long rifles in the back. Anyway. The best
0: example currently that I can think of is the Ferrari FF, now called the GTC Lusso for reasons I don't understand. It's the same car. (laughs) That is a four-seat car with a hatchback and two doors. That is the best modern example I can think of.
1: That's great, actually. Now,
0: that design is essentially a very squared-off back hatch to a car that could be a coupe shape. Imagine taking – I'll invent one in your head real quick. Think of a BRZ. Take that straight line from the windshield until the back bumper and now make a hatch. Mm. Chop it off into Mm -hmm. a box. Mm -hmm. That would make that car into a shooting brake.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So this is the shape. Now, having said that, there are a lot of cars that are now four doors that are taking that shape. The current uh, GT version, GT Turismo version of uh, the Panamera now looks like a shooting brake where it actually has the back hatch. So when they get those long roof with the chopped hatch, that's much more of a shooting brake look, even though if it has four doors,
1: it's supposed to technically not be a shooting brake. Hmm. There's a question over here from Tristan Kramer, asking if we were approached to create new slogans for car companies, what would we come up with? Hmm. Silly and serious answers are all acceptable. Well, you've heard our Lincoln, you know, still nothing to see Lincoln, here slogan. nothing to see here. How about um, two others? Range Rover, <clears throat> got money to waste? <laughs> And then I worked hard on Maserati. I have a lot of Maserati here. I just think Pickle Fork solves it. Well, that that could work. That could work. So Maserati is the, um, you know, keep trying. One day you'll get that promotion. Or, you know, for when you didn't get the promotion but you want your neighbors to think you did. Maserati might be for you. <laughs> you don't mind being broke and broken. <laughs> the bad news is you didn't get the promotion, but the good, good news is you still have options somewhere in there. Okay. all right. It's, yeah, I'm, I'm working on my Maserati, but I, I want it to be just just snarky enough so it doesn't quite offend Maserati owners, but it's just a subtle, like, jab. <laughs> just a little.
0: I almost feel like this would be a topic Tuesday. We could just sit
1: down with all the car makers <laughs> and just come up with stuff. That could be frightening. Because you know, there's you know, for every car manufacturer and I point the finger at me too for you know, I've made the Porsche joke and then mm-hmm. Ford and you know the if the Ford is the tow truck, how will it tow itself? Like how does it fix itself? There's you know, so on many on of those terrible on. jokes.
0: Yeah, yeah, that goes on and on. Yeah. It's it's more about Taking the joke and figuring out the tagline that you could see on a poster, and that—that's the thing about it. it. Could be really fun for this.
1: And and it needs to actually look like a marketing ad, not a meme, but more no, like marketing, like, yes. full like yes. one-page spread mm-hmm. in a magazine, that kind of thing. Something you'd see on a poster on a wall would yeah. be great. We should that be a very funny topic <laughs> Tuesday.
0: Jackalope Man said, "If for the next year you had to drive a car from the '80s, oh yeah, what car would you pick and why? Oh, I have my answer. Okay, the first gen E30 M3."
1: That's great.
0: 87. This is not a fast car. Now, I like, as you think about the things I've owned, I like the slow car fast idea. That is a car that's not fast. It is a momentum car. The chassis is brilliant. The gearbox is great. Heel-toe is perfect. Mm. It appreciates good momentum. It has a slow steering rack, but it's just incredibly fun to throw around. Mm -hmm. And if you think about it, it's actually surprisingly usable space-wise, yeah, the trunk, it's because car, of yeah. the, the uh, crash restrictions at the time, the trunk is cavernous. <laughs> yeah, true. And it's not a big car. True. That's my answer.
2: Hmm.
1: I might go 928 again. I don't know. It seems
2: like a I foregone see
0: it. conclusion. I can see it,
1: yeah. I mean, it's yeah something Porsche. I, all of 80s Porsches, I bring them. From an 82 SC to the 3.2 Carrera, can bring it. Like, yeah. <laughs>
0: there was a, a 928. What year was that one? When we were in LA, Oh, uh, 85. I might post that again here. And there was a, a there was a nine twenty-eight GTS. Pretty much the spec. It was Paul's spec. It was the spec. Oh, that the Paul black one wanted. you're talking. Oh, yeah, the black one it was a ninety-five. And, and yeah. we, uh, we 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 found that car in LA the last time we were there, and uh, I was concerned we were going to be late for our next appointment because Paul was like doing circles around the car. <laughs> I,
2: yeah,
1: like going back through my bank balances. Now, how if I move that there yeah. and I cash that out, happen. how would that work? It was bad. All right. So a question from Justin Brewer here on Twitter asking, well, he says he doesn't think automotive journalists do the Supra any favors in videos when comparing them to Cayman videos. Most Cayman vids feature a lunatic hysterically laughing from excitement, whereas all Supra videos have someone calmly stating this is a really good car. Well, it wasn't us that came up with the Cayman angle. Supra and Toyota have explicitly stated... Mm -hmm. The Supra went after the Cayman. It shares the exact wheelbase as the Cayman and the Boxer. That was their idea. Just as the Tesla Model X, when it came out, he was comparing it. Elon was comparing it to minivans. That that wasn't us. Yeah, true. He brought an I think it was an X seven and a Honda Odyssey out on stage to compare them to a leading SUV and a leading minivan, and it parked right in between and lifted the doors and. You know, thankfully, it cleared the didn't scratch anything, but you there know is what that I mean. As well, yeah. That was their idea. So most of the time, it's the car manufacturers. No, they're benchmarking other cars. Yeah. They're looking. They know,
2: they're,
0: and that was the point of Toyota. Yeah, Toyota definitely made that benchmark. If you are referring to the demeanor of the automotive journalist, let me go another route. And I have a, a bit of a bit of a bone to pick or a rant here, but I am going to be very short okay. about it. Okay. Okay. In general, automotive journalists. Side note: Porsche makes excellent cars. They're excellent to drive. In general, and I'm painting with a broad brush, there are a lot of automotive journalists that give Porsche a free pass. All their cars are brilliant. That's fair, actually. Oh, my gosh, I'm driving a Porsche. That's fair. Let me tell you why it's awesome. So that's the headspace of many automotive journalists when they drive anything on a Porsche product. Now take that to the Cayman, which, candidly, is brilliant, but you're bringing that, oh, it's a Porsche. Secondarily, the the Supra, while benchmarked at the Cayman, has a secondary problem. The journalists are coming in naturally spe- uh, skeptical because the last Supra is this icon, and we've all heard all the reasons why it's supposed to suck. So they're instantly sure, coming in and sitting sure. down in that car with a different headspace that is, hmm, am I going to like this? Whereas yeah. in the Porsche, it's like, it's a Porsche. It's bound to be great. Let's see if it is. It's going to be the most This thing leads ever. to two yeah. very different yeah. video conclusions in many cases.
1: It's also, I think, possibly the engine configuration. I mean – the Porsches are rear and mid-engine. Yeah, but I think it's, now I think it's the predisposed headspace. I really it's do. It's mostly that. I, I agree to that. I mean, it's hard to compare the exact. You know, you've got the wheelbase, the dimensions. We were talking a front-engine, rear-wheel drive car versus a mid or a rear. The dynamics are totally different. But we're all
0: coming, us included, everybody that is an automotive journalist that has driven the Super so far was coming from a skeptical place of, is this going to be any good? Mm -hmm. So you're already coming in there, and that changes your whole headspace. Yeah, for sure. All right, what else do you find here? Thinking of replacing this is, uh, what, Diema, he's uh, thinking of replacing my ISF with an SS. They weigh about the same, which is interesting to think about. The Lexus ISF and the SS weighing the same. Weigh about the same, but the SS is much bigger. Will I be disappointed with the driving feel of the SS? Of course, the SS will be manual with magnetic ride. I think no. I think you're going to be quite impressed with that SS. It's a very different feeling car. I really like the engine in the ISF a lot. I think it is a better engine than the rest of the car. But did the ISF, yeah, and, sure. and I'm really admitting my own, I haven't looked it up. Is the IS, did the ISF even come manual? I feel like it was auto only, but I, think I, it was I, auto I could be very only. wrong. But if you're doing magnetic ride and manual, whether the ISF was is manual or not, that ride is going to shock you, yeah. and the, SSF, the SS is very capable. I think you would thoroughly enjoy it. Plus, I suspect your ISF is significantly older than whatever SS you're going to get into. You're getting into a newer car.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, so I'll wrap with this question from Travis White here. Several podcasts ago, he says, we talked about what makes sports cars. We might have to come back to that. But Travis is asking about what are the elements that make up a luxury or a premium or exotic car? There's a Topic Tuesday, practically. That yeah. could be. Actually, we we might save it. But very quickly. Go please, please, please. Wheels, please. first of all. On a luxury yeah. car, you see many spokes. Whereas a sports car, a stripped-down sports car, might have four or five spokes. Okay, so there's... There's more air. There's just less there. Now, this is a generalization, but on, you know, a 7 Series, a Mercedes or a Rolls Royce or whatever that is, you see a lot of intricate detail on mm-hmm. the wheels. Mm-hmm. And you also see, for example, the roofline. They're stretched out. The curves yeah. are very flattened mm-hmm. out. They're, mm-hmm. you know, a long, flat roofline and a long, flat rocker, whereas a sports car... Or a, an exotic car, that rocker can be anything. And then, mm. of course, you get into materials and construction and those kinds of things. But we we should actually break that down uh, sometime in the future. Wow. Been yeah. great, giving a lot of great Topic Tuesdays as well. So please write the same place you're writing your emails, Everyday Driver TV at Gmail mm-hmm. or on the website. The Utah Adventure is coming. For those of you who can't make it to the pilgrimage trip, we are sorry. But we'd love to see you at the Utah Meetup. That is coming the first weekend of August 2019 would love to see you there.
0: Yes, we'd love to have you there. I should say, I should say, happy Friday. And keep in mind, this is the closing day of registration for Pilgrimage. If you have been holding out... You need to get in now. Last call. It really is last call. We're very excited about the group that's going. And then we will transition to talking entirely about the Utah meetup because we're just excited about it. It's funny just because we have to do so much lead time on pilgrimage. It takes precedent for a while, even though the Utah meetup is going to come up first. Yeah, exactly. Which is very fun.
1: Exactly. Guys, thank you again. Really looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone.